Welcome to the Global Discussion, discussions with creatives, leaders and thinkers. My name is Simon Hodgkins and today I'm joined with none other than Mark Asquith. Mark, you're very welcome to the show. Let's begin by asking you maybe to introduce yourself and let our audience know a little bit about your wonderful journey in this world of podcasting, audio and everything in between. So over to you, Mark. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, good to be here, mate. Um, yeah, my name is Mark. I'm the MD and the co-founder of Captivate, which is a podcast hosting platform. So we, we deal with everything from hosting, distribution through to monetization, analytics, uh, guest booking, interview management, episode planning, ideation, research, every, everything in between. So it's a full workflow system for podcasters. And uh, yeah, I, I started that with my, my good friend, Mr. Kieran McKee. I've been in podcasting, the podcasting industry before, since before it was really an industry. Um, which is interesting. And uh, we were then acquired by Global here in the UK at the end of 2021, which was good. Um, so we're now part of Global, which for anyone not in the UK, we, we're, a, 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 you know, we're a stakeholder in places like iHeart in the US. We're the UK's biggest uh, media platform and media company with, uh, well, every, every radio station I'm sure that you'd, that you'd recognize. And uh, we own a heck of a lot of the outdoor advertising and branding uh, across the country as well so it's it, yeah it's good so i run i run the hosting and distribution side and the tech side of of podcasting over at global which is fun and yeah just been in this for a long time i've been doing this yeah since like i said since before it was even an industry which is fascinating yeah so a true veteran of the uh the podcasting world no strangers to the microphone and audio that's for sure um i want to ask you though mark about your thoughts on the current landscape of podcasting because it's it's very mixed i think when i talk to people who've been in podcasting a while some people think that you know there are people entering podcasting you know that maybe have no rights being in podcasting other people feel you know we haven't even begun yet we haven't scratched the surface of it this thing can run and run um and then of course you've everybody who thinks it's easy to to just start a podcast, but then after about three episodes, they kind of disappear. So what's your current take from your position? You're a veteran of the industry. Where are we at with the world of podcasting? Where, where do you think we're at? Yeah, I think, like, wouldn't it be great if we all just went back to pub league football? So there's no Premier League. There was no championship. There was no League One. And uh, the only the only time that you could play football was if you didn't want to make a penny from it, like you just could turn up and just have a knock for a laugh. That'd be brilliant, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be great? So we got rid of the Premier League, we got rid of the Championship, we got rid of everything EFL, we got rid of PGA Tour Golf, we got rid of Live Golf and the DP World Tour, we got rid of the NBA, and we couldn't make movies and we couldn't make TV shows unless they didn't feature anyone that we didn't know and we weren't allowed to make money from them. It's silly. It's silly. Um, there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of challenges in podcasting because it started out as uh, you know everyone owned a little bit of podcasting. If you were a podcaster, it was in there. It's my art. It's my craft. That's cool. Like no one's taking that away. Um, it's just that if we all want more listeners, more people have to know about podcasting. And a lot of the people that complain about, oh, well, you know, should that celebrity have a podcast because he's no better than me? Well, they're, they're not any better than you, are they? But they're more well-known than you. So, like, let's just accept that fact. Like, there's no point getting upset about it. They are more well-known than you. That's just a, a simple fact. It's, it, just, it's, it is what it is. Now, 
if you think about, you know, let's assume that I produce any media at all. If I put one hour a week into my podcast, what do I want to get paid for that one hour? Well, it's whatever my hourly rate is. 10, 15, 20, 100, 200, a grand, whatever, whatever I determine that, that to be, right? If I write a story, I decide to break that up into four 30-minute episodes, and I get a voice cast that may or may not be famous, may or may not be well-known, whatever, that doesn't really matter. Is it okay for me to want to get paid more? Well, yeah, because that's a lot more time input than it is for an interview show, all right? So the point that I'm trying to get at is podcasting has become an industry. It's become a media. The people that are generally complaining about the fact that big celebrities are coming in and, 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 and big media companies are coming in are the people that really aren't getting any attention anyway. They get a little bit like you and I do. We're in this. I got a Star Wars podcast, it gets like 40 downloads. In fact, I think like maybe a hundred downloads, right? Like, I am not pissed off that Mark Hamill goes on another podcast. I don't call Nerdist HQ and go, you absolute assholes, what are you doing? Right? What I do is I think, well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll commentate on Mark Hamill being on Nerdist so that when someone thinks, oh, search for Mark Hamill Nerdist, guess who else comes up? So the point that I'm trying to get at is this. Right. It's become podcasting has become a media and it is a media. It's an industry. Advertisers want to buy popularity. That is like if you're pissed off with that in podcasting, don't watch TV, don't watch streaming, don't watch movies. Right. You can't, you can't have it both ways. I understand the sentiment. And I understand. So say like a lot of events, for example. Um, I was at the podcast show in London a couple of months ago and I, well, the team are due out to podcast movement um, and, and we've been a pod fest. Like we, we go to every event we have done for the last decade. And that they couldn't exist as they do now without big media because who pays the bills? Who, who, who is paying to make sure that our tickets are only 30 quid or whatever, 100 quid, you know, whatever the ticket presser. So there's there's so many like falsehoods. There was I ran I'm running a listener survey at the minute on my show. And one of the things, one of the questions is how included do you feel in the industry? And a lot of the answers are, well, I don't because the big people are coming in. I right. Okay. My mum is going to know Mark Hamill. She doesn't even know Mark Asquith has got a damn Star Wars podcast. And that's my freaking mum. Right? So the point is that she she, someone like my mum, right? She's tech literate enough to gather content. Yeah. So she browses, she reads, she streams, uh, she listens to the radio. She bloody loves, you know, the Amazon Echoes. It's Alexa, everything. And what's easier? Her seeing something on a billboard saying, oh, all right, this person you like is on a podcast. Matt, what's a podcast? Funny you should ask that. It's a shame you've not asked that before, but it's funny you should ask that. Let me show you. So this thing, you go and enjoy it. And then here's all the other stuff that you could enjoy. All right. So that's the state of podcasting at the minute. It's a media with two sides. Some of it's media, some of it's creator. Like, let's shut YouTube down. All right. Let's just shut YouTube down because guess what? Some people are making money. You know, some people, some celebrities, Justin Hawkins, 
He's brilliant. He's got a great YouTube show. But damn it. Forgot about it. He's famous. Better shut him down. Because he can't come into our house and make money. And it's silly. So it's silly. I, I, I understand the chagrin behind it, but I think it's misplaced anger. And I think it's, it comes from a big misunderstanding of actually, if they go away, right, your podcast will drop. It will. Guess because, right, spot, if, if, pod, if big podcasting went away, Spotify ain't in podcasting anymore. <laughs> YouTube doesn't get into podcasting. Apple takes its foot off. Does it do subscriptions if people with big audiences don't start to see money coming through? No, of course not. So everyone steps off podcasting. And we end up where we were uh, four, five, even 10 years ago, which is where how many Americans knew about podcasting? You'd have to look at the Edison research, but it was far less than it is now. And it's not because they know Mark Asquith's Star Wars podcast from his bedroom here in bloody Manchester, is it? It's not. And it'd be bloody lovely if it was. It's a cracking show. I'm hilarious. But the point is, people don't, people don't, it just doesn't work like that. So I do understand the perspective, mate. And I understand why people get mad, but I think it's misplaced anger. That's like me self-authoring a book and being pissed off at Stephen King. Yeah. It doesn't add up, mate. Got it. Well, listen, a great, a great answer and a great intro to uh the world of Mark Asquith there for everybody watching or listening to this episode. Uh, there was a bit of controversy. You mentioned a couple of, um, uh, whether it's podcast movement or a couple of conferences or events that you were mentioning. And it just reminded me of the the sort of recent uh, almost controversy, I suppose, about the British Podcasting Awards. It kind of changed hands. The ticket prices increased a lot. There was an awful lot of pushback about that. And there's a lot of opinions in podcasting, isn't there? I think to your point, but ultimately, it sounds like you're on the side of, look, there's room for everybody. And ultimately, without the big guys, the small guys, it, it takes everybody to be involved to, to basically improve and grow the industry globally, right? Do you remember when a Sonic the Hedgehog trailer came out? Can you remember the movie? You remember the design for Sonic? It was terrible, yeah, but, wasn't it? There was a lot of lot of pushback, a lot of anger from the the fans, inverted commas, yeah. Exactly, yeah. right? How quickly did they change that design on a multi-hundred million dollar movie? And they were suddenly able to change the design of the main character in every scene and every shot within what? Two months? Three months? Now I'm not It was, no it, it was quick in the, in the scheme I'm, of I'm, making movies, yeah. It was quick. It really was, wasn't it? So... That got them a lot of attention on the movie, getting that wrong. And that's a big inverted commas wrong. To me, that's clever marketing. Who do you get? How do you get the attention of the 40 somethings that are going to be so annoyed that you've touched their childhood? Well, you butcher their childhood, you take it away, you change it, and you develop it into something that is unrecognizable so you can bring it back into the thing they love. And it worked. It worked. Um, and I'm not, I'm not saying this is the case, but if I was running an award ceremony, it's easier to come down in price than it is to put your prices up. So uh, that's all I'll say on that one. But the, the, I think the accessibility of podcasting is, is important, right? Okay, so I've got my phone here, right? And I'm going to, you know, I could do a video now. You and me, we could do a video. We're recording this now. It's great content. You and me will have a good time. You're great at what you do. I'll answer some questions. I'll have a little bit of banter with it. 
it's good content, right? Will we get an invite to the Oscars because of this? And th so this is the problem, right? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go to the Oscars, and if someone's listening to this in audio, am I gonna get a Grammy for the intro music of my podcast? Probably bloody not. So again, it's the same, it's the same problem, right? Podcasting is all bundled together in this massive, massive industry that is called podcasting. But so is so is film and so is golf. Like I will go play golf tomorrow evening. I, I can pretty much guarantee, and it's a long shot, but I'm almost going to guarantee I ain't getting into the World Hall of Fame. Like, it's because it's all the same, but it's levels and tiers. And so I think that accessibility is, is a huge, huge thing. You know, if you look at the British Podcasting Awards, is it aimed at me? I mean, I'm fortunate. I, you know, I, I work for Global. We get some tickets. Will I be going? No, because I'm on holiday. But, you know, I'm fortunate enough. And this is like, I am pretty. Someone said this to me the other day, one of the, the board members at Global. I am pretty unique in the industry in that I sell podcast software to the creator that makes content like I do in my bedroom. But on any given day, I'll talk to the producers and work with the producers of some of the UK's and the world's biggest podcasts. I'm, I'm pretty unique in that regard in that I'm so hands-on with it all. And, and, and I think this is why that accessibility thing is such a challenge because it's all called the same thing. You know, well, think about it. Like, why are we recording video? Why, why are we recording video? If this is a quote-unquote podcast that's delivered via RSS, unless you're going to put it into Spotify as an RSS-free podcast, which I'm betting you're not, it's probably going to go on YouTube. Why are we doing this as video? And the point is because why not? It's loads of fun and people enjoy it and you'll get a bit of discoverability on, on YouTube. If you go over to... Um, those who shall remain nameless, other people in the industry, they'll they will lambast you. This is not a podcast. It's not delivered via RSS. Like, who cares? Who cares? Like, okay. I tell you what. I'm just every time my mum goes to watch a podcast on YouTube, I'm just going to say to her, "Don't bother, mum." Why? Because it's not a real podcast. I know you got yeah, mum. I know you're going to really enjoy the content, and I know you like the people in it. And I know it's fantastic. And I know you'd probably give them a couple of quid as a tip or sign up to the Patreon. But I've got to pull the rug out because it's not done via RSS, mate. I'm really sorry. Come on, let's go out for a cuppa. Great you point. Me in the face. Great point. Great point, Mark. And I think you mentioned Edison Research and anybody hmm. who's in the, the podcast world will know Ed, Edison Research. Um, like YouTube's growing pretty quickly when it comes to people listening to audio on YouTube. Um, and Spotify, I think, you know, they launched their video podcast as well. But there are a lot, you know, there are lots of engines out there. As you say, does it really matter? Ultimately, the consumer will decide. But you're talking about accessibility. And the question that sprung to my mind was, you're known as that British podcast guy, right? You Managing director, co-founder of Captivate, acquired by Global, veteran of the industry. What What, what would you start advising somebody? that's interested in the world of podcasting today, in today's world? Uh, do you know, I actually wouldn't do anything really that different. Like, if you think about it, what, what's, what's changed with writing books? The self-publishing element of it, all right? That's the biggest change, isn't it, of the last decade, uh, sorry, last two decades. Same with movies. You know, I can, create a, I can create a Star Wars fan film and stick it on YouTube and it'll get 2 million views. 
that's the the only difference is the technology and the distribution. I wouldn't necessarily do anything fundamentally differently. I would put it on something like Captivate, and I probably would put it on YouTube because why not? And the but the fundamentals would remain the same. All right, I need one of these a microphone. I need an idea, and I need to make that idea good. Now that leads me to one. It's, it's more of a mindset that some people didn't have, but that I think a lot of people did have. And if you didn't have it, this is the thing that I would change. Um, so 10 years ago, I always wanted to do good content. I, I've just, I'm always, I'm one of those people, like if I'm going to do it, I may as well do it properly because it takes, it doesn't take any more time to do it well uh, to what it does to do it not very well. Um, so I, 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 I would, I would always do it well. 10 years ago, there was, when I got into podcasting, maybe 110,000 podcasts, which sounds like a lot, but if you think about it, over the, the entire gamut of interests in the entire world, the myriad interests that there are across the globe in every different idea and niche, and, you know, it wasn't that many. I could start a knitting podcast like my friend Joe did, and it would get awards, which it did. And that's not to say it was because there aren't many others out there, because it was good content, but let's be honest. Would she have won as much or become as popular if there were 50 other shows doing a similar sort of thing? So what you could do back then was you could just sort, we've seen it with like entrepreneur shows. You see this all the time. People still thinking that they can do the same as EO Fire. Like you can't, like you, you can't, you're not John, you know, I know John well, and he, he's, he changed his format. You know, he had to change it. This is one of the biggest entrepreneurial business shows on the planet in 2013, 14 through to, 2018 maybe and then it changed his format because it it stagnates and so that's that's the thing that i would say is that you could go into podcasting with average content and and do disproportionately well 10 years ago whereas now you know technology's moved on where your mic sounds amazing you've got a pr40 there it sounds brilliant you know i've got this sm7b it sounds brilliant. Like there are no bad mics anymore. You just can't buy a bad mic. You know, if you're serious about putting hundred quid in, you ain't buying a bad mic. Um, so that part of it's easier. And 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 the the content element of it just has to be tighter. You've got to plan. You know, you've got to ask pointed questions. You know, I do a lot of interviews as that British podcast guy, which is hilarious. You know, I've got that moniker because I was the only British podcast guy at the events back in the day, like for five years, I was the only Brit there. And um, I get asked, like I get, I go on so many podcasts and I get so many of the same questions. Like I do that in my sleep. You know, what What do you think of this? What do you think? Of, and that's cool. That's what I'm there for. That's my job. Um, but the content that sh gets shared and the content that stands out is the stuff that people ask me about that's a little bit different, you know, the, you know, whatever. So, that, so I think that's the big difference is that I would, I would, I would make sure that had I had the mindset of just plug in, play and release a podcast, I'd, I'd want to upgrade that mentality. So that's the only thing that I would, but I've, from my side, I've always wanted to do that anyway. So I think it's not something I would change personally, but I think a lot of people coming in have to be mindful of, but everything else is the same. You know, you distribute it. Um, there's a lot of people think that promotion is marketing, which is wrong. Um, you know, look at, Look at Barbie and Oppenheimer. Uh, that's marketing. You know, that's that's marketing. It's cross-channel. It's multi-channel. Um, it's highly considered. It's expensive um, from either from a time or from a money perspective. And it's done really, 
bloody well. You know, where I think a lot of podcasters, and this is something, again, that I think a lot of people should be thinking about, um, they assume that quickly promoing on Twitter is marketing your podcast, and it's not. That's promoing the episode or the sentence within the episode, you know, so it's very different. So, yeah, a couple of things around that, but largely it's the same. I, I would just just produce good stuff to start with. Otherwise, like, how can you mar- market something that's substandard? Like, without the foundation of quality, you aren't going anywhere, I don't think. Great advice, Mark. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, And you mentioned planning, and that brings me nicely onto the next thing I wanted to ask you. But it's not just about planning for podcasts. It's more about your landscape, because obviously you're involved in lots of things, right? You you do speaking, you've got the company, um, you know, people are, you know, you're guesting on other people's shows, etc. You've got your own shows. But when it comes to how you plan today versus maybe how you plan back then, is that the same? Is that different? And if you look forward over the next year, are the things that are on your timeline or your horizon that you're working on that you're hoping to achieve? How does planning work for Mark today? Um, I think there's the macro planning and there's the sort of day-to-day planning. Um, so I, I I work now as I always have done from a micro perspective, a day, day-to-day perspective. Um, I've, I've always... I've got this sort of rule that I implemented maybe 10 or 15 years ago called the triple I principle, which is you separate all your tasks into interesting, integral and important. Um, and then you just get the important ones done. Um, the interesting ones are the things that recharge your batteries. So like me doing something like this, you know, I do, I do some time where you speaking here, Simon, I'll, I'll, that's me refueled because I've enjoyed it. And it's sort of, it builds the willpower back up. And then the integral stuff, like that's the stuff you can't avoid, like you're billing your admin your emails, you know, all that kind of stuff that you do, which doesn't really take any planning in. You sort of do, you know, that's like the stuff that goes between the cracks. You know, it's the water trickling through that that, that keeps everything flowing. Um, And I've always planned like that. I just, you know, I might have 10 different things that I'm working on. um, But they all, they're all me. So I don't have like different to-do lists. It's just one to-do list, regardless of what the thing is, because it's all me. You know, there's no point having a like, here's a home to-do list and here's a work to-do list. Oh, and here's a sub-work to-do list, which is product and one that's content and then one that's admin. It just doesn't work like that. It's just everything bundles together and then categorized, important, interesting, integral. Um, and that that works because what that means is you can prioritize so much more. You can get stuff done if you've got 10 minutes in between an interview uh, and another interview, for example. All right, okay, what am I going to get done? Well, I've got 10 minutes here's an important task that will take five, but it's important. So it's like, send that invoice. Okay, that's done. It took three minutes, but when it gets paid, there'll be another X amount of money coming to the bank. Like if you're a small business owner or a creative, that is really important, but it takes just a few minutes. Um, from a macro perspective, I'm, I'm quite a strategic person. I'm quite a... Um, I just I see things a little bit differently than than a lot of people do, which is why product development has always been so good at Captivate because I sort of see, um, I sort of see like beyond what people think they want a lot of the time, which is why a lot of the features a lot when we release a feature at Captivate, very often people think, well, why the hell has someone not done that? And it's because they've they've they see the they see their solution to their problem. Whereas I see the problem and think about, you know, how can we get 10 steps in front and actually preempt some of the other problems that would come off the back of solving this problem. Um, so I, I generally take like a a bit of a um, a long-term look at things like that. Like what, you know, what are some of the, from a product perspective, like what are some of the things that podcasters are not going to struggle with now, 
but in a few years uh, or in a few months. So like the AI trend is a great one. Like I don't care about partnering with an AI company. I just, I don't like, I don't care. What's the point? I could partner today with someone for Captivate to write your show notes for you and to do your titles. But shit, what's the point in that shit? You know, it just, it's, it's just, I've still got to do the work on the research. I've still got to do all the quality work. Like, you know, is Wondery using AI to write its titles? No, it's not because it wants to make bloody money. So think, you know, so I, I, I tend to approach things a little bit differently. You know, I'm, I'm not a person that wants to get things on a features list and plan the year around. How is it going to make us look good on a features list? I'd, I'd rather think really positively about how I can help you. Like what is the thing that you as a podcaster are struggling with? And then to bring that back to like my micro planning. Um, so we've got like a prototype that I'm working on at the minute. Um, for for a new bit of product dev that I want to get out. So like on my important list, my personal like micro level important list, it'll be right, build an MVP using tools that already exist. You know, so I might go out there and use uh, a free tool to do one bit of it and then stitch it together with another free tool using something else or manual input or whatever. And then I'll prototype it, concept it, see is it, is it good? Is this idea going to work? And then we'll, we will then, as Captivate, we'll build that into a proper product as an end-to-end solution that we'll plug into Captivate. Um, so like that brings the big picture thinking to the day-to-day. So one of my important tasks will be build that MVP, and that might take a week or whatever, but build the MVP. Um, so yeah, it's it's there's a there's also like the you know Mark the manager, you know man, quote unquote managing director, you know all the stuff you've got to do as a someone that's that's. Um, running a company, even though it's within global, we still operate as an independent uh, department and company within global. So it's, there's all the like, you know, all the basics to do, but they just fall into the integral category. So I just get to them, you know, I get to them when I need to get to them. So um, yeah, that's that's a, a bit of a nutshell look at it. Yeah, I like that a lot. And the three eyes is is a really good way. Um, not many people have said that over the years. It's actually quite. Uh, quite a useful way of, of planning and uh, thanks for sharing as well some of your your other insights and I want to squeeze in a couple of quick questions before we run out of time Mark and one is there's, there's a, a little bit of a growing movement whether it's Adam Curry or Sam Sethi and people like that around micro payments and value for value and people making money from podcasts I'm just wondering you know from your vantage point have you any views on that area of podcasting at all hello Sam he's a good friend um, yeah, but value for value has got a long way to go, hasn't it? Let's be honest. You know, I've just taught my mum what a podcast is. I think I'm going to teach what Satoshi is. Right. No, yeah, might, she might struggle with sats in the short term, yeah. Just a little bloody bit. She struggled with it in the long term. And it's it's because she's no interest in it, you know? So, and, and that's the crux of it, you know, all flippancy aside. I think if you, if you, it's great for people that are on the edge of technology and on the cutting edge. Um, and that's cool, you know, people, will it get adoption? Will things like SATs and V4V properly get adoption? Uh, I think it's going to be more like a string on a bow, you know, that some people use, the the, the tech people, the geeks. Um, that, and there'll be, a, I think there'll be a small but avid fan base of things like that. Will it make a dent genuinely um, into the big picture of podcasting? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, that's not to say that that might not change. And I'm up. I'm always open to have my opinion changed by you know evidence. But I, I would, 
in order for me to change my view on that, I would need to see more useful user flows and more um, more willingness to invest in educating people that don't give a crap about tech, what these things are, because that's the only way that it will ever, ever penetrate anything more than the sort of cutting edge early adopters. Um, I love the idea of it, but it's just, it feels like a solution to a problem that's not quite there, you know, because if I say to, if I say to someone, do you want these sats or this tenor, you know, as nine, I just think 90% of creators, because that's the other thing. I think 90% of creators would take the tenor because the other part, the other side of that coin is I'm assuming, you know, we're all assuming that, all right, it requires adoption by listeners. V for V and all that side of things to, to kick in. But actually it's creators as well. You know, if I've got, if I'm a, um, a creator of a fishing podcast out in New Jersey, I don't really care. I, I do not care about the tech. Like, so I think there's, and so this is the irony actually, is that a lot of people are saying big media get out of podcasting, you know, because the gap between us and the big media is such a chasm the sad thing is that a lot of the time we don't realize as industry thinkers and as tech people that the gap between us and the vast majority of quote unquote normal podcasters is just as big is. And I believe me, I see that running captivate, right? So, you know, we, we implemented, we've got, I think, if not the most podcasting 2.0 features, certainly up there in the top three, most podcasting 2.0 features. Um, of any hosting platform on the planet. But we didn't release them until about three months ago. Because if we rush to implement something cutting edge, what happens? Well, one of two things happens, and sometimes both of them. We get a pile of support requests in, wondering, okay, what? how, how do I use this? What is this about? And obviously we can educate and whatever, that's cool. So we get all that sort of stuff. But the worst thing that happens, all right, so that's a logistical thing. But the bigger picture thing is, what about the people that don't put the support tickets in? What about the creator that's got a 40 download Star Wars podcast and they're just about getting by enough that they want to keep making it because it is a lot of work. And then suddenly all these podcasting 2.0 features come out that if you aren't supporting, you're getting told off by the industry because you aren't supporting open podcasting. Like, what the hell? All I want to do is talk about Star Wars. You know, I just that's all I want to do. Like, why are you making me feel bad about not using these new features? Fuck it, I'm gonna stop. Right. So you've got to. This is this is the irony: is that big media gets bashed by a lot of people, but yet there's a big crossover between a lot of those people leaving the day-to-day -day podcaster behind because they don't. They, the day-to-day -day podcaster doesn't care like we do. They shouldn't do. They don't want to. Who cares? You know, it's not, they don't love it as deeply as we do. They love their subject matter. And this is just an outlet. Um, so there's, yeah, there's, there's a lot of layers to that, mate. I could probably talk on that for like an hour, but that's that's sort of the basics of, of my viewpoint. Well, I appreciate your helicopter view of that because it, it is kind of a, a hot bubbling topic in the background there. And, uh, you know, we wish Sam and everybody the best of luck with what they're doing there. Oh yeah. And just to, um, just, yeah, to jump in and just reaffirm, like Sam is a close friend. Like I got a football yeah. with Sam, you yeah. know, he's a good, he's a, he's a good friend. We're off to, off to Anfield sometime over the next few weeks. And it's like, 
I love the guy and I love pod fans. I think it's great. But the, the, the I think the point that I'm getting at as well, just as a, as a bit of a key takeaway is, and I, like I live this through Captivate. If I would develop something new, it's my job to let everyone know about it and, and, and to do it in such a way that doesn't alienate people. That's always been my stance in the industry. You know, there are a lot of hosting companies out there. When we entered the space, um, the shtick from a lot of hosting companies was, if you don't know what a feed is, you are an idiot and you shouldn't be in podcasting. And that was one of the reasons we started Captivate. Cause I was like, what kind of, what is, what kind of narrative is that? How are we going to grow the medium? If that's the way you act in Facebook groups. And it's the same with all this. So yeah, absolutely. I think Sam's doing great work. I think V for V is a good initiative. I just think we've got to be realistic about when and where it'll be adopted. Well, thank you, Mark. And um, look, the last thing I want to squeeze in is, is there anything else that we haven't touched on that you think is important in the context of what we've been talking about today that you'd like to share? And secondly, and obviously importantly, if people want to find out more about Captivate and Global and your shows and everything else that you're doing, where do you want to point people to? Yeah, thanks, my friend. I think just mark.live, that's just my show. Um, we're starting to cover a lot more industry thoughts as well as education um, around the industry as well, which is which is good. So, yeah, mark.live, um, that's over there. And then on Twitter at Mr. Asquith, that's just where I do most of my engaging on X these days, probably we should call it. Um, the yeah, I think the big the big thing for a, a lot of people in podcasting is still just this notion of, you know, when you press record and you distribute, you are a content creator, you know. And I'm not gonna why you're not gonna if you're not gonna pick your guitar up and go and play a gig if you know that you're not very good, you know. You'll want to practice and you want to get better. And that's not to say that you need to be, you know, if you're a guitarist, you don't need to be Eric Clapton, you don't need to be Slash, you don't need to be Steve Vai you've got to just feel like you are doing good enough. And you, let's be honest, you might be shocking, but as long as you feel like you've done your time and you've put the work in and you've got as good as you can be at that point, then you'll feel better about doing it. And I think for me, that's the same with podcasters. We see so many people, you know, saying, why should I get into podcasting? It's too busy. I can't get a break. I can, no one's got any eyes on me and, 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 and all that other stuff. Like no one else is going and, to do that for you and no one else should do that for you. Like if you, if you have a star Wars podcast and you want to pay your mortgage with it, treat it like a job. If you want to make a star Wars podcast and make a star Wars podcast, cause it's mint, then just make a star Wars podcast and find another way to pay your mortgage. Like you can't, I think that's the big misconception is that, and it's probably, this has been plied by the gurus, hasn't it? Like golden age of podcasting, you know, create, grow and monetize your podcast. You're like, well, actually let's create the damn thing and then we'll grow it. And then if maybe we'll monetize, it's not, you know, if you when you start to say things like create, grow, and monetize in one sentence, it's like get bricks, get concrete, has house. Like it doesn't work, does it? That's just it's totally different. And it and I think that's the that's the the one bit of advice that I would give people is that have a realistic expectation of what it means to be a podcaster and enjoy that element of it. And then, you know, just to cap that off, you normally get really good at things that you enjoy. So don't podcast unless you enjoy it, right? There's no point because it just becomes a job and you'll just sack it off. But you do become very good at the things that you enjoy. And when you get very good at something that you enjoy, people notice. And when people notice, they tell other people. And when they tell other people, they notice as well. And that's called marketing. So just 
get good at the thing you enjoy. And if it happens to be podcasting, brilliant, stick around. So yeah, just start there. That's great. And great advice to really bring us home uh, at the end of this episode. Thanks so much, Mark. Uh, it's been great. I'm sure everybody watching and listening to this episode around the world has enjoyed hearing your viewpoints. Make sure that you like, follow, subscribe uh, to everything we're doing here at the Global Discussion. We sure like you to join us back here for some more conversations with creatives and leaders and thinkers like Mark Aspeth. And Mark, thanks so much for your time today, my friend. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Oh, Martin, serious pleasure, sir. Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, just thanks for everything you do. It's uh, It's all great stuff, buddy. Thank you. Thank you, Mark.